Welcome into another edition of the WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at WISports.net and your host for the WSN podcast. Winter sports are done. Last week, last weekend, we wrapped up the Boys Basketball State Tournament, returning to the Kohl Center for the first time in over 1,000 days. Does that put a bow on the winter sports schedule and calendar in the state of Wisconsin? No rest for the weary. Time to turn our attention to, uh, to spring sports very soon as uh, indoor track and field meets are already underway. I believe um, there are some uh, softball um, scrimmages that have already been held. Baseball is getting underway with practices. Uh, things are getting going in the spring sports. And, you know, we, we don't have horrible weather. I think field conditions may be allowing some teams in certain areas of the state to get outside already, which isn't always the case. So spring sports are here. But before we get there, we're going to take a look back at the recently completed boys basketball state tournament and boys basketball season in general with our Hall of Famer at WSN, boys basketball writer Mark Miller. Mark will bring you on here now and uh, and get started in just a minute as, we, uh, as we're going to look back over this, uh, this exciting state tournament that we had. Uh, good to have you on, and it was certainly good to be back at the Kohl Center. It was. It was. It was a long, long break, too long of a break, and um, it was good to, to see all the teams in one location and kids fight for state championships and teams rewarded for their outstanding seasons and student sections and adults. It was just, it was just really good to be back. We'll talk about all the happenings at the Kohl Center in a moment, but do want to remind you to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, Mark, uh, we will run through the, the games and maybe take a look kind of division by division. We'll also talk about some of the outstanding players. I know you put up your all tournament team uh, that, uh, that you put together, I think yesterday on WSN, but uh, just as kind of a, a general, you know, concept, um, wh what did you think of this year's state tournament compared to, to ones that we've seen in the past uh, quality of games, uh, number of players that, you know, stood out, um, you know, the, the, the closeness of games, what, what was this year's tournament like? Well, I think uh, first and foremost, like we mentioned before, it was nice just to be back. Um, and I think everyone was thankful for that and grateful that the, you know, the pandemic, uh, while not over is, is certainly not as prevalent and as um, dangerous as it had been. The other thing was that it was nice, nice not to have to wear masks inside. Um, you know, we've done, we did that a lot during the, during this season, depending on where, what location you were at for games, but to, to not have to worry about that was was also a blessing. <laughs> as far as the tournament itself, um, you know, there were some good games. There were some games that weren't close. Um, you know, I, I don't know if we had per se the, the uh, you know, individual standout power that maybe we've had in other years, yet obviously there were lots of very, very good players. Um, I think, uh, I think there were a few surprises, you know, when you look at uh, not, you know, winning the state title in division one, but, but just the play of, of, of JJ Piter um, being such a, a huge aspect in their, in their winning of the state championship. Uh, just, you know, I knew he was a good player. We had had him at our camp a couple of times, um, but he really blossomed this year and uh, and his performance at the state tournament just kind of capped uh, a, a stellar season season for him. And, 
you know, he's, he's kind of one of those guys that just kept working and working. And like coach Lee Rabbis said in the media room after the state title game, they always believed in him. And, and here he is, uh, you know, being rewarded for his hard work. Uh, you know, I think in division five, Randolph was the favorite. And I think they lived up to that billing. They had a tough sectional final against Cambria Friesland, but in Madison, I thought they were very dominant uh, in their games. Um, you know, the one-two punch of Sam Grieger and, and, and Travis Alvin was really hard for teams to, to, to counter. Um, and then, you know, Roncalli winning in division four was, was maybe, maybe the most exciting of the five divisions, just because when you came into the tournament, um, you probably would not have picked Ron Colley. I mean, they had a really tough uh, semifinal game against Marshall where they rallied late to win. And then of course uh, played a, a fantastic game against Milwaukee Academy of Science in the title game. And Lake Country Lutheran in division three, uh, you know, they, they, they got challenged pretty hard in that title game against West Salem, particularly in the first half. But they came out right away in the second half and took command and, you know, Luke Hurdle uh, was was the catalyst, obviously, but, you know, I think uh, his senior classmates, Ben uh, Lubbers and Noah Howard, also also had really good tournaments uh, for Lake Country Lutheran. And after finishing second last year, you know, everyone was talking about, man, they're going to be tough to beat next year. And that proved to be the case. And then in, in Division Two, uh, you know, Pewaukee was, was just... Uh, I don't know if you could say dominant because they had to work very hard in both of their wins, but, you know, as, as the games wore on and as their talent kind of came through, you just got the feeling that, uh, that they were going to win those games and they did. And of course, hitting 15, three point shots in the title game against lacrosse central, uh, made it, you know, that much more impressive. That's a, a really talented team with a lot of offensive weapons that played well together. Uh, very deserving of their second title in a row. So, you know, overall, Travis, I think it was a, it was a fun tournament. Um, you know, the crowds were down a little bit, as you uh, mentioned a few times on Twitter. And uh, I hope that, you know, that was maybe just uh, an anomaly. I hope, uh, you know, we can get uh, the crowds back to where they were, you know, in the near future here. But, um, you know, even though the crowds were down a little bit, I don't think the excitement was down. I think, you know, the players uh, were as thrilled as ever to win games, and and so were the coaches, and so were the fans. Well, let's get into some of the superlatives from the state tournament as we continue our conversation with Mark. Um, you mentioned J.J. Pider, and certainly he was one of the breakout players at the state tournament. Um, who else would fall into that category? Maybe they weren't, you know, they were good players, but they weren't the household names. They weren't the Seth Trimble or Andrew Rohde. Who else would be a breakout performer? from the state tournament? Well, a couple of guys come to mind. I think Davey and Hannah of Milwaukee Academy of Science as a freshman was very, very impressive. Just his ability to, to guard on the perimeter, uh, to take good shots, uh, to rebound. You know, uh, a kid at 6'6 really moves well, made, made his foul shots. I, I just think he's got a really good future ahead of him. Uh, I thought his poise was very good for, for such a young kid, you know, particularly in the game against Roncalli when, when things weren't necessarily going the way that the team wanted, I, I thought he, he was very level headed and just, you know, uh, came away very, very impressed with his overall game. You know, Jeremy Lorenz had brilliant, their team got beat in the, in the semifinals, of course, um, division three, um, uh, by West Salem, but, uh, I think Jeremy really showed the state, you know, how good of a player he is. He had 22, 14, uh, three assists, and then, you know, set a record with nine block shots. Um, 
the thing that I remember about him was just his versatility, his ability to put the ball on the floor and make mid-range shots, defend uh, the rim uh, on defense, and, and and be a really good teammate. I, I think he, uh, I think he he really performed well, uh, even though their team got beat. We talked about Piter, of course, um, and then uh, you know I think uh, 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 Luke Pouts from Roncalli. You know, a lot of people probably hadn't seen him play, maybe. And he had terrific numbers all year in terms of his points and rebounds per game. And even though he didn't, uh, uh, you know, have one of those 30 plus point games that he had during the regular season, I, I just thought his leadership and toughness and, um, you know, ability to rebound, um, particularly against an athletic MAS team was, was very impressive. So those three guys kind of stand out as, as guys that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe most people didn't know about coming into the tournament, but, uh, uh, they do now because they played so well at, at Madison. I think another name, uh, a senior kid anyway, that uh, you have to throw in there is Sam uh, Greiger from Randolph. You mentioned him earlier, but uh, right. new Division Five record, 41 points in that semifinal. I mean, that was certainly one of the performances of the state tournament. Uh, got uh, got people buzzing and, um, you know, the got Sam Decker <laughs> talking about it on Twitter. So, that really was, uh, I think, an eye-opening performance for him as well as uh, Randolph's yes. uh, got that win in the, the semifinal over Gibraltar, just cruised home as, as he kind of dominated things. Um, yeah, he really did. And he, he, you know, he, he, you know, made our all tournament team, obviously. And, and, you know, just Sam's ability to, to make different kinds of shots, you know, his floater in the lane, his ability to get all the way to the lane, to the basket, I mean, and then, uh, you know, he made some outside shots and scored from the foul line. I, I thought he was a, a, a good passer. You know, he got the ball inside to Elvin quite a bit. Um, you know, and as a lefty, that's, that's always an advantage. And, and yeah, he, he played about as well as you could possibly play in the two games. And that was a big reason Randolph won both titles, or won the title, I should say, in D5. Well, let's get to some other superlatives. And how about uh, best game of the state tournament? Um, only five of the games out of 15 were decided by 10 points or, or less than 10 points, I should say. Uh, but what, what was your best game of the tournament? Uh, the one that I, I think, uh, you know, I think Menominee Falls might, might disagree, but I, I do think their game with Brookfield Central in the D1 semis was probably the most exciting game. You know, they had a, a 10 point lead and uh, it just kind of dissipated at the end there, missed some free throws, turnover here or there. And then, you know, Central comes back and, and uh, you know, gets the win on those two free throws by, by Murray. Um, you know, that was an unlikely comeback. I, I think if, if Falls had made, you know, maybe one more play, maybe they make, instead of missing three front ends of the bonus, maybe they make, uh, you know, one or two of those foul shots. I, I think they probably would have would have survived and moved on. And then of course that doesn't even bring into account the, the last second shot by Seth Trimble that, you know, he went the length of the court in, in 3.8 seconds and got off that shot, you know, that floater from um, about 20 feet. And it, 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 you know, I know you tweeted the, 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 the video of it, Travis, and it sure looked like it was going in, um, rattled around and around. And then it, it came out, you know, and the horn sounds and of course the falls players, fell to the ground and, and the Brookfield central players uh, were ecstatic. And, and I think that was probably the loudest reaction uh, of the crowd at the Coast center all weekend. And, and why not? Because it, the game came down to the absolute last second. It looked for a split second that, that the shot was going in and, and then it popped out. So that would be my top game. Um, 
I don't know what you thought. I know you were there for all the games too, sitting next to me, but I thought that was the most exciting and entertaining game of the entire tournament. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, the, the way that Brooksfield central came back that shot. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a shot more in the hoop and not actually go through than that. Uh, like you said, the, the video and then, uh, you know, kind of zoomed in video or images that I posted on, on Twitter. It's, I don't understand the physics of how that shot did not yeah. go in. It was, it was amazing. Um, you know, we also had a good, uh, a good close game between uh, lacrosse central and West Ocean central in uh, a D two semifinal, a one point game is uh, Devin fielding hit a late three pointer in that one. And, and lacrosse central hung on. I really thought the Roncalli Academy of science game, as you mentioned earlier was outstanding. Uh, not the closest game, but just the way that Roncalli was able to withstand kind of that wave after wave of pressure uh, of Academy of Science and the way that Roncalli walled up on the inside. You know, they uh, they were playing kind of an amoeba man defense, but everybody was packed in. I mean, it was almost like a 1-3-1 one, one where everybody was in the lane and just trying to take away any and all driving opportunities for Academy of Science, uh, giving up three-pointers, uh, closed out on Agape Keys Jr. He was about the only one that they really extended on. And just made life difficult for uh, for Academy of Science to get to the basket and didn't turn the ball over, which didn't create you know those easy opportunities for science and uh, a heck of a win. I, I know uh, some people on on uh, on our Facebook comments uh, when when you had posted the headline uh, about uh, I can't remember how it was phrased a major upset or something like that, major surprise. You know, we're saying oh it's not a surprise and whatever. Well, let's be honest, it was. Um, a very impressive performance by Ron Colley. Joe Garso probably gets my vote for coach of the year, to be honest with you, with what he did uh, to, to bring them to a state title. But that was a really fun game to watch. Again, even, even if the, uh, you know, the uh, final score maybe wasn't as close as some other games. Yeah, I'd agree. I agree with everything you just said. I, you know, that was one of those games that you're watching and, you know, you're like, wow, they're, they're, they're continuing to do what they need to do. And, and they're gaining confidence. And, and yet at any moment, you just expected a 6-0 or 8-0 run where all of a sudden the Academy of Science, uh, you know, was right there and, and would, would maybe pull it out. But, um, you know, all five of those starters for Ron Colley made huge plays for them. It wasn't just Luke. I mean, I, I just thought that, you know, the four seniors and, and Braden Yonda, the one junior that started it for Ron Colley, just were so mentally tough and so well-prepared um, and, and really so... Uh, well-conditioned. I know it's the end of the year, but man, they, they put as much energy on defense as any team that I saw at the state tournament. And, um, you know, MAS is young and they'll be back and, you know, they'll learn from this and guys like Tayshawn Bridges and, and Naz Beeman and, and Davion Hanna and, and, you know, Agape Keys Jr. They're, they're so young, you know, they're all freshmen and sophomores. Um, but they're going to, they're going to learn from this that, you know, you, you can't necessarily always just go into the lane I mean, you're going to have to move the ball. You're going to have to share the ball. You're going to have to make some perimeter shots. Um, and and I, I fully expect that we will see them again uh, with, with this experience under their belt and, and, and be an improved team in the future. But uh, the, the collection of talent they have is most definitely impressive. You know, one of the stories, especially from the early action uh, Thursday and Friday, was the, the number and uh, you know, significance of the runs that teams went on. Uh, 
Lake Country Lutheran went on a 22 nothing run at one point in their semifinal um, win over uh, over St. Thomas More. Uh, Randolph had a 21 nothing run in the semifinals. Academy of Science in their semifinal win had an 18 nothing run. Ron Colley had a 14 nothing run in the semifinals. And then, of course, in the uh, Division One semifinal, Brookfield Central closed on an 11 nothing run to uh, to win that one over Menominee Falls. So. It really was a, a, you know, a weekend of runs that I don't know that that we've seen anything like that uh, at the state tournament. And, and it's not necessarily something that you expect either, especially at that high level of basketball to see 11, nothing, 14, nothing, 22, nothing runs uh, by one team. Yeah. And, you know, in two of those games, you mentioned uh, uh, Brookfield Central scoring 11 to, to come back from that 10 point deficit at the end to beat. Menominee Falls and, and Roncalli's 14 to nothing run against Marshall came at the end of the game, you know, so they were down too. Um, so those were exciting, obviously, for those two fan bases, maybe not for the opponents, but, um, you know, you, you know, the 22 and 18 to nothing, you, you know, you really don't expect that um, at state. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a different game uh, when you get to the Cole Center. It just is, you know, you don't shoot probably quite as well as you do uh, in high school gyms. Uh, the environment is so big, you know, that sometimes uh, kids don't perform at the level that, that they're used to performing. There, I can think of a few kids that, that had great seasons, uh, like Sam Lindenberg at Gibraltar, for example, player of the year in the Packerland. And, and he, just, he just had a hard time, you know, with, with the size and the physicality and just the surroundings when they played Randolph. And then even Naz Beeman in that D4 title game, you know, to not score, we're talking about a kid that's, you know, a potential division one player to not even uh, score a basket against Ron Colley. Um, but, you know, that, that can happen. And it has happened many times in the past. Um, you know, I thought Amari McCautry for the most part kind of struggled for Thomas Moore um, against Lake country. And that's a credit to Luke Hurdle and the other guys that guarded him. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you, things go your way and you just, you know, block all that out and you have great performance. Like Andrew Rohde was fantastic, uh, you know, uh, for most of the tournament. And, and then sometimes, you know, things just don't go your way and you get off to a poor start and maybe you don't shoot well and your confidence wanes a little bit. And maybe the team is not doing as well as, it, as you thought. And then you start to force things. So, um, yeah, the, the scoring runs and then, you know, just the, the, the toughness of maybe not having a game like like you did during the regular season uh, for some of those guys was was uh, was difficult. We do want to remind you to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign. Buckle up, phone down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving. Every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, Mark, uh, you, you mentioned uh, some of the standout players and in, in, in your all-tournament team that was released on WSN yesterday, J.J. Pider from uh, Nina was your MVP. Um, want to talk to you a little bit more about him. You, you mentioned in your uh, in your piece that he's receiving attention from some of the Division Three YX schools in the state. Um, you know, any chance that a kid like that, based on this big performance, gets some, some additional interest, maybe some higher level interest? Uh, going forward? Um, there's always a chance, you know, I, I he certainly helped himself uh, the, the last two days, but uh, you know, it, it might be a case where some, some schools call and maybe get some more uh, film on, on JJ, you know, to see what he did. 
But, you know, in talking to Lee Robbins uh, after after the game, after they won the state title, you know, not only did he have a great state tournament, but if you look at some of the games that he had during the season, he, like he had a really huge game against Fond du Lac. And I, I think in one of the Nina games, he had 23, or excuse me, one of the Kimberly games, uh, he had 23 points and 22 rebounds, um, which is crazy, you know, against particularly against such high level competition. So uh, there's always a chance, you know, um, late bloomer, you know, it may, could be a guy that you could take as a red shirt maybe. Um, but, you know, I, I also think that, you know, this, the state league, it, it, you know, that's a, that's a really good, obviously conference. Um, you take a look at schools like Oshkosh and Platteville and lacrosse that are at the top of that league right now. And then, you know, it would be no guarantee for JJ to go to any one of those three schools and go in there and play immediately. I mean, you have the opportunity of course, but, um, you know, such good basketball that, that you got to be ready, not only from a skill perspective, but just from a physicality perspective. And, uh, you know, that he's gotten so much better in that area of his game, you know, used to be really, uh, pretty thin and, and bouncy, uh, you know, could make some plays around the rim and run the floor and all that. But now of course he's, he's filled out a little bit and he's added to back to the basket game. And, you know, he still has, he's still quick off his feet to get the rebounds and block shots and, just be a pest on defense. So there's always a chance, you know, I think, I think uh, in the past, you know, maybe 20 years ago or longer, that was more common than it is now, just because, uh, you know, the, 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 there's just there so few secrets anymore, you know, that, um, you know, most, most of the scholarship coaches um, in the Midwest, whether it's D1 or D2 or NAI or what, what have you, um, you know, are pretty familiar with all the talent in, in the state. So, um, but, you know, the other thing, Travis, obviously is with kids transferring and the transfer portal and everything, you know, your roster uh, when the season ends could, could look drastically different, you know, two, three weeks later. Or so uh, there, there certainly could be a need and, and there's always a need for big guys. So JJ has got that going for him. Well, I, I think you, you touched on it a little bit uh, earlier, but who are some of the underclassmen? that really helped themselves at the state tournament, put themselves, you know, in, in contention for, you know, early Mr. Basketball favorite or, you know, an increase in uh, jump in the rankings or what have you, who are some of those underclassmen uh, kids that, that really stood out? Yeah. We talked about Davian and Hannah, um, you know, from Milwaukee Academy of Science. We, we talked about Jeremy Lorenz at Brilliant, um, obviously Milan Momchilievich of, of Pewaukee and Nick Janowski, are both underclassmen uh, from Pewaukee, and I, I think both had really good state tournaments and did nothing but solidify their standing as uh, as high major Division One recruits. They both have uh, multiple scholarship offers already. Um, Lorenz has a couple offers from from the mid major level. I think Peter Latos from uh, West Salem is another kid that improved his stock as a six seven. Uh, physical stretch four kind of guy that can make perimeter shots, but also go inside and score. I thought he was really impressive for them. Um, you know, so uh, those guys kind of, kind of stand out. Uh, you know, the other guys at, at MAS, we talked about um, Tate Sean Bridges, uh, you know, maybe struggled in the championship game, but I think he also showed people how competitive he is, how, how uh, tough minded he can be. Uh, he's got to round out his game a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, maybe adding the mid-range jumper and the, and the three-point jumper, but in terms of just physical strength, quickness, aggressiveness, size, all of that, he, he's got all those things. 
I thought uh, Brady Corso from Nina was a very key player. I know you liked him a lot, and I, I just thought that he he made really key shots as a sophomore starter for Nina. Um, really good shooter and, and just a solid all-around player. Um, I, I also thought uh, uh, Hurley had a cut. Even though Hurley got beat, I thought I was impressed with two, their two juniors, Eli Tomsma and Dominic Croce. I, I thought they both played well and gave Hurley a chance uh, in their in their game against Banger. They came up a little short, but but uh, you know both those guys I thought had really good games. Um, Carson Kepnick, another one from West Salem. Um, and, and then, uh, the McConkey, Brett McConkey, I just thought he, he was really a key to that team with his, just with his defense and his physicality and his presence in the lane. Um, really tough kid that, that was really impressive. Um, so those were a few guys that stood out, you know, I, you know, I think Saku, uh, Cano from Thomas Moore, um, even though they got blitzed pretty bad, I, 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 when you look at that kid, I, I think he is going to be something really special in the future. He, he's just learning the game, but his his size, his activity, uh, he, he, you know, he competes on every play, his length, um, and, he, and he's got a pretty good skill set for a kid that's just learning the game. I mean, he can put the ball on the ground a little bit and make mid-range jumpers and obviously finish well above the rim. Um, so those are a few of the guys that I thought, uh, you know, the uh, underclassmen that helped themselves a little bit this weekend. Well, let's uh, let's tie that into, uh, you know, underclassmen and kids coming back. What are some of these teams at the state tournament that we saw this year that might be best positioned to make it back to the Cole Center next year? Well, uh, great question. Uh, you know, we'll have to see how the sectionals come out later in the spring here, but um you know, I, I think uh, when you look at the Division One field of the four teams, uh, you know, Brookfield Central loses Andrew Rohde, and that, that's obviously huge. But they, they did have a, a, several underclass starters, and Dan Wandry is such a good coach. I expect that they'll be very, very competitive again next year. And you can say the same about Nina, uh, particularly with, with uh, hopefully a, a healthy Cal Klesmet, um in their lineup. You know, he missed the whole season with his ACL injury, and he – He's a Division One player, so you pair him with with Corso um, and some of the other underclassmen that they that they have, and and uh, that, that that's a that's going to be a pretty tough lineup. Plus, I think Lee Robbins is just a really really good coach who maximizes uh, what he has there. You know, Pewaukee loses two key seniors. Uh, well, actually, more than two if you, if you count Logan Doberstein and Emmett Lowe, but certainly the loss of Josh Terrian and and Ashton Janowski will be. Uh, will be felt, but they do have two high major players back uh, at the collegiate level in, in Nick Janowski and in Milan Manchiliovic. So, um, you know, you got to think that they're going to be around. Lacrosse Central loses some key guys, but they also have uh, Nick Williams and and uh, Bennett Freed back uh, to kind of be a core for them. So I think they could be back. Um, you know, West Ocean and Ashwabanon take pretty big uh, graduation hits as does Lake Country Lutheran um, in D3. Thomas Moore's got a lot back. Uh, they lose a couple senior starters, but they, they did start three sophomores, uh, including McCautry and, and, and Sako Cano. So I, I think they have a chance to be really, really good. Um, West Salem likely moves up to D2. They're over 600 this year in enrollment. But even in D2, I think they can be really, really competitive with what they have coming back, led by Kepnick and Latos. Uh, and, and Brilliant's another team in D3 that's got a lot back. 
Uh, we talked about Academy of Science and, and how strong they're going to be next year. Cameron uh, obviously made the state tournament and had a couple of sophomores that, that were really good players. So I think they, they could be back. And, uh, and the two kids we talked about from Hurley will lead that team. So, uh, you know, that's a good chunk of the teams that were there this year that potentially could come back uh, a year from now. Now, we qualified 20 teams, you know, so it wouldn't surprise me if, say, five to seven of the teams that – qualified this year uh, made it back next year but you know there's so many variables involved injuries and transfers and what sectional you're in and um, you know how you match up against teams at the sectional and regional level all those things come into play so um, even though things look great on paper for some of these teams you still got to go out and perform and and, uh, and and take the challenge head on because obviously the teams that made it to state this year are, are going to be teams that um opponents are going to be looking forward to playing next year i don't know if you've thought this far ahead quite yet but i'll ask it anyway is there a team in each division it doesn't have to be a, a, a team that's at state even but is there a team that that you've looked at and said you know that's that's probably the top team heading into next year as, as i start to think about the yearbook and next season um have you started to think that far ahead <laughs> Good grief. It's two days after the season ended. <laughs> um, no, I mean, uh, you know, you always do that a little bit. I mean, you think, you know, what teams are going to be outstanding next year. Um, I, I think, you know, in the Madison area, La Follette's going to be really good. I think Middleton's got a chance to be really, really good. Um, you know, and then, you know, in the classic eight, uh, I, I think Arrowhead, uh, their two best players will be back next year. Actually, the three best players will be back. So I, I think they're going to be very strong. You know, in the greater metro, it's such a dogfight. You know, I I think, you know, the two Brookfield schools are going to be there again. Um, you know, Wauwatosa West had a very young team this year that's got a lot of talent. I think they got a chance to be really good next year. Uh, Franklin started a lot of younger kids uh, over in the Southeast Conference. And, you know, when then you go up to the Fox Valley, uh, De Pere is a team that I think is going to be just outstanding. And they were outstanding this year. And I think next year they, they may enter, you know, that's the team that I probably would put down right now as number one in D1. Uh, but, you know, we'll see how things develop. You know, they do have two Division One kids, though, and Will Hornseth and, uh, and uh, uh, Kinzinger. And then uh, uh, the younger Kinzinger boy is, is a really good player, too. So I, I really like um, uh, De Pere. You know, in the Fox Valley Association that, that you know, Kimberly uh, loses Pavletsky. That's a big, big loss, obviously. Great player, does so many things for them this year. Uh, and Nina uh, loses, uh, so, you know, obviously Chevalier Emery and JJ Piter. Those are those are two key losses. But I would I would guess Kimberly Kakana, Nina, um, Oshkosh North are, are probably the ones on paper entering the season. And then you fly over to the Valley, uh, Wisconsin Valley, and I, I think DC Everest got a chance to be pretty good next year. Um, and then over in you know the Eau Claire area. Um, you know, Memorial takes some, some pretty significant uh, gradu graduation hits in the big rivers, but they also have some nice players that saw a lot of minutes this year coming back. Um, and then uh, the lacrosse area, you know, we talked a little about Central. I, I think Onalaska is going to be a year older, and they played a lot of young kids this past year, so they're going to be pretty tough, along with the team like West Salem. So, you know, and you could kind of do that with all the divisions. Um, 
you know, I think MAS, uh, obviously, with what they have, has got to be considered the, uh, I think they're going to move up to D3. I would think they'd probably enter the season number one in D3. And with West Salem uh, moving up to D2, they may not be number one in D2, but they're going to certainly be top 10. I'd probably still go with Pewaukee, uh, number one, although Wisconsin Lutheran's got, you know, a lot back as well. So those two are going to slug it out again next year, uh, twice in the conference and then most likely in the playoffs. Division five, I, I like uh, Columbus Catholic. Uh, they, they lose one or two seniors this year, but um, they have the core of their scoring back uh, in a really talented sophomore class. And then in, in division four, uh, that one, you know, I, I can't think off the top of my head. I'm probably missing a team, but I can't think of one that immediately jumps to mind. Uh, Roncalli graduated uh, uh, four starters, and MAS, of course, goes up to D, D3. Um, Cameron does have a lot back, but, you know, would it be enough to win a state title? Not quite sure on that. Um, Sheboygan Lutheran had a great team this year, but they graduate some key players. So that one might be a little more open, perhaps. But, um, you know, a lot of the familiar teams, Travis, as usual. Um, but, you know, it's it's always fun to see new teams pop in there, too. You know, like this was MAS's first trip to state, uh, Hurley's first trip in a, in a long, long time. It was Gibraltar's first trip ever. I know they didn't have the result that they, that they were hoping for, but you still got to give them credit for winning that sectional. Um, St. Thomas More, same thing, first first trip to the WI State Tournament. So um, there's going to be teams like that that, that come in and, and, uh, and, you know, maybe surprise us a little bit, and that's what makes the season terrific. Well, before we uh, move completely forward, one final look back at this season in general. What are some of the storylines? What are some of the moments, games, teams, players that stand out as you look back over the 2021 2022 season as a whole? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, one of the best games I saw, I think, was the Lacrosse Central Madison LaFollette game prior to Christmas over at uh, um, Milwaukee uh, or Madison College in the 608 tournament. I think it went double overtime, maybe even triple overtime. Let's go back and look, but just a great competitive game with two really good teams going at each other. that, that game still stands out. Um, obviously, we talked about the Falls Brookfield Central game and the, uh, the West OSHA game against uh, Lacrosse Central uh, was a great game, too. Um, you know, Central just hung around and hung around. And, and then, you know, Fielding made that huge baseline shot. Um, you know, that, and then, you know, the race for Mr. Basketball this year, I thought was as close as it's been in a long, long time. Um, with Seth Trimble winning the award, but also guys like like Luke Hurdle and Andrew Rohde, um, certainly Jackson Pavletsky. And then I, I thought uh, Danilo Jovanovic at, at Whitnell just had a monster season, maybe, you know, the best season. Um, you know, his team got knocked off by Pewaukee. You know, a lot of teams lost to Pewaukee, but um, Danilo had just a great season. I think he's going to be a really nice player for Miami uh, in college. So, um, you know, and then Jerry Pettigrew winning his 1,000th game, um, first coach in, in history to do that was a highlight of the season. Um, you know, and then uh, I think Sam Sam's performance, Grieger's performance at the state tournament was, was a memorable uh, performance, you know, with the 41 points. Um, 
those are those are some of the things that that you know come into into my mind right away. Uh, you know, we had a few controversies with the Thomas More situation in the postseason, and then obviously the um, the Southwestern um, game against Banger in the sectional, where it looked like the ball might have still been in the kid's hand. But you know, those things are going to happen. It's just part of the game, and you know, you have to trust the officials in that situation. We don't know for sure if the horn had sounded and all that. Um, I mean, I, I feel everyone feels bad for Southwestern because it would have been their first trap and, and they played so well and up to that, you know, to, to, to get it in overtime and then they lost, of course. But, um, you know, so there's some things like that along the way. Um, and then, of course, the emergence, I think, of particularly the, the freshmen and sophomores in Wisconsin. Um, I, you know, outside of Milan, I'm not sure if we have a high major kid in the current junior class, Travis, but I, I think when you look at the freshman and sophomore classes in the state, there's going to be a good handful of kids that are going to be recruited by a lot of schools at the high major level. So that's always exciting. And, and I think particularly as it relates to attendance at the state tournament, some of those guys get through in the next uh, year or two, that's, that's going to help boost uh, attendance as well. Well, there certainly are some challenges ahead for the WIA for high school basketball in general, whether it's uh, the, the attendance issue at the state tournament, we'll dive into that maybe at a different time um, was down considerably, whether it is, uh, you know, as you said, some of the controversies that, that always seem to pop up, uh, there will be continued litigation involving the St. Thomas More situation to get, you know, some, some final resolution on that. Um, you know, just off the court stuff that, that they have to figure out. Uh, how do they move forward with a shot clock possibly? Uh, is there a review of uh, divisional, you know, alignments that needs to be done? Is there public private that will come out be between now and then the next state tournament? Is that uh, committee continues to meet for the WIAA? There's always those kinds of things going on, but we are certainly looking forward to, uh, to getting back to it next year already. It, it, it's bittersweet the state tournament is because as, as great as it is, it always does mean the end, the end of careers, the end of the season, the end of, uh, you know, high school basketball as, as we most know and love it, but there's plenty of off season action going forward. Uh, what, uh, what can we look forward to? What is the off season plan for boys basketball coverage for you at uh, WSN uh, in the next couple months? And, as we start to rear back up late in the spring and, and into that uh, summer period and into the fall. Well, certainly we'll be covering the, the WSN showcase uh, in a few weeks here. I'm excited about some of the talent that we have coming for both the boys and girls. Um, be interesting to see some of these kids in a, in a different setting and then some kids that we haven't seen before. Um, and uh, even some of the seniors that are, you know, hoping to maybe attract some attention from college coaches. Um, so certainly that will be a big part of April coverage. Uh, I'm going to be writing a little bit about uh, about some of those kids in that freshman and sophomore class that uh, could be the next to, to get a high major uh, scholarship offer. Um, and then also, of course, our, our, our traditional club coverage um, of teams and events. Um, we'll be starting that up pretty soon here uh, as we start to kick into that season. Um, so uh, it, it remains busy. Um, I always tell people the only time that it's really kind of uh, slower is during the high school fall sports season um, because basketball has become uh, pretty much a 12 month a year thing. Uh, although, you know, sometimes I wonder if we, we do too much. I mean, at, at some point the, the kids need to rest their bodies and work on their skills, but um, 
you know, that's, uh, and, and they do do that, but, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a different world than, than you and I grew up in Travis, uh, you know, the, the, the demands and the expectations and, and just, the uh, uh, kind of the pressure to, to, you know, continue to play. Now I know the kids wouldn't play if they didn't enjoy it. So you have to keep that in mind too. And, and, and these AU tournaments are, are fun to watch in the sense that, uh, you know, you get to see kind of the best against the best. Um, so that's always intriguing, um, as well. So, um, and then of course, you know, we'll continue to, uh, to monitor like we do with, with all the sports, uh, with football and girls basketball, uh, the coaching changes. And we, we got that started on the boys basketball page right now. Um, and we'll continue to do that throughout the spring and summer. And, um, uh, so follow us on Twitter and, and certainly check on, on the site for for uh continued information on boys basketball really <laughs> from now until the the tip uh, uh for next year so excited to continue to do it after all these years and uh looking forward to a, a fun spring and summer as well well great stuff as always mark we also want to give a a shout out and a thank you to dick napinski for helping us with our coverage at the state tournament uh great to have dick with us for uh, the last 10 years or so has very graciously offered to uh to assist um, take a little bit off of your plate, Mark, and, and, and yep. my plate and allow us to do some stuff. Uh, Nate Beyer from GX3 Media, uh, uh, amazing photography that he does as, uh, as part of our coverage as well. Um, Jim Jones uh, from the WBCA has been, uh, been outstanding providing pictures as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's more than just Mark. It's more than just me. It's, it's a whole group of people, certainly Norbert Durst and Colton uh, Wilson throughout the season as well. Uh, pitching in and helping out so we hope everybody enjoys our coverage on wsn certainly our boys basketball coverage we we uh, are so grateful and, and uh lucky to have a hall of famer like yourself uh on our staff mark and i uh, certainly appreciate all that you do to bring the best high school basketball coverage boys basketball coverage in the state of wisconsin but uh but that'll do it mark thanks again for taking some time we will continue to be talking because there are off season things going on as you said people can make sure they check it out but uh thanks for uh thanks for taking a few minutes today to put a little bit of a a wrap on this high school basketball season absolutely yeah it was fun i'm glad uh we got the opportunity to do it and and truly thankful that we got this state tournament in and things seem to be kind of back to quote unquote normal all right well one more reminder to help you uh to to help save lives on wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes join the wisconsin department of transportation's new campaign buckle up phone down commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip every time take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov that will do it for today's episode of the wisports.net podcast he's mark miller i'm travis wilson we'll see you at a game <laughs>